Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage the Rage Lewis. I'm back at it again. I can't stop. I I, I just can't. I got a letter, a love letter, from the city of Akron thanking me about all the hard work I'm doing with the homeless. I literally thought that was what was going to happen. I'm not kidding you. Uh, So we set up our tent village in January of 2017. And I swear to whoever you want me to swear to that I thought the city was going to thank me. I did. I thought they were going to be like, wow, Sage. Thanks for stepping up and trying to address our homeless problem. And then I thought I was like, and then, and then I was, and then I would imagine the conversation to go something like this. Well, look, man, we really appreciate this, but you know, there's some things we would change. Uh, And then I would be like, oh, I totally get it, man. I know, I know. I feel the same way. There's a lot of things I would change too, but I just wanted to, you know, do something. I wanted to try and make a difference um, because, you know, that's what I've been told to do, make a difference. I will forever blame this one councilwoman. Hold on. <sighs> Akron City Council members. Oh, uh, Linda Mobian. Linda Mobian. Linda, this is all your fault. She's the at-large, uh, one of the three at-large council members here at Akron. She's a, um, a cons- I'm not conservative. I would say moderate, very moderate, very... Um, rational, thoughtful. I went to an event of hers one day and I, many years ago, I don't even remember when it was. And she was speaking and she started the event saying, look, you guys all look to us to make, to do everything. The fact of the matter is if you want something done, You got to do it yourself. Linda, you said it. You said those words, Linda. (laughs) People don't think I listen. Uh, The music director of the, of the Baldwin Wallace symphony, when I was the principal cellist there, gave a passion speech once where he said, Look, 
If there's anything you guys think you should do besides music, go do it. So I quit the program. I became an English major and he literally called me into his office um, and said, I wasn't talking to you. I'm like, I thought to myself, well, motherfucker, don't say the fucking words then, asshole. I didn't say that. I said, I'm so thankful for our time that you've given me and you're an amazing director and the opportunities the school has given me are unbelievable. But I just, you know, I listened to what you said and I took it to heart and I decided that, you know, maybe a a literature degree might be more up my alley. It's like how to say fuck you without saying fuck you. I love it. So Linda Mobian, this is all your fault. You told me, I swear again, this is what, this was why, this is how it all started. Linda said this at this little event we went to. I don't know where she was speaking. I don't know. I just seemed to remember it was like in some basement of some church or something. I don't know where it was. And she said, don't look to us. If you want changes, you got to make change happen yourself. And so that led me to think, well, maybe I should run for office. And so I ran for mayor totally unsuccessfully. And then after that, I figured out that there was a shit ton of homeless people in Akron, which I had no earthly idea. I literally didn't think there were people living in tents in Akron, Ohio. I thought that was maybe like there was two or three tents over in L.A. that I heard of. There are 8,000 people on Skid Row, people living in tents, Eight thousand between four and 8,000. It fluctuates. I believe there's probably between 500 and a thousand homeless people living in tents in Akron. We bury them in our woods. We don't, wouldn't dare deal with them. We deal with homelessness by hiding our homeless. Duh. That's what Rudy Giuliani did to, New York, just hide your problems, sweep it under the rug. So, yeah, I thought to myself, I thought, man, they're going to thank me. I can't stop laughing for taking this because Linda Mobian, an ultra uh, pragmatic person, told me to do this, you see. And I just thought that was what government officials, I didn't know anything about government. I thought that's what they wanted. Little did I know that they just put up with Linda Mobian. Linda Mobian is wealthy. She funds all of her own campaigns. And so that for, therefore it makes her uh, very difficult to control by the mayor and his cohorts, his gang the mayor is run by the chamber of commerce and the summit County Democrats. And they, uh, fill the city council with their loyal subjects, but the city council is, has no power really. Anyways, I don't even know why they bother having one. I don't know why they bother showing up. You should watch some of those meetings. They're like, it's like me just sitting here on this podcast saying things I would like. I mean, I can't do anything about it. 
That's how they sound. Like they sound powerless because the mayor has all the power. It's how it is. So yeah, funny thing happened. The city was not happy with me. Um, the mayor wrote a pretty scathing op-ed. Would you like to hear some of it? Dan Mayor. Let's see. Hold on. Mayor Dan Horgan on homelessness. Comes right up. It's the Akron Beacon Journal. It was written in October on October 29th, 2018. The title is it's an opinion piece. Dan Horgan colon. Let's clean up the picture on the homeless charity. Now, he doesn't put me in the title, but my name does come up in the first sentence. (laughs) This is by Dan Horgan, our mayor. I'm not often compelled to pen op-ed pieces. He had only written three since his time in, uh, he had been in office, I think. Three years, two years. This is his third, I think, he's ever written. But the current narrative and public posturing by bum 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 Sage Lewis <sighs> and the recently transplanted slick out of town lawyers from the Institute of Justice need to be addressed. Needs to. Their fictional narrative suggests that the big bad government, <laughs> one, doesn't do enough to help homeless, two, doesn't care about the plight of vulnerable people, three, will soon put people out on the streets right at Thanksgiving, no less, and in preventing persons from exercising their right to do with their property as they see fit. Uh, okay. He literally came into my property and told me I couldn't do what I wanted to see fit. His deadline was the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know what goes on in his head about vulnerable people, but I, I know that like they got millions of dollars from, or a lot of money. I don't know. No, 200,000. I'm sorry, not millions. They got 200, I think it was, let's say $200,000 from the federal government because of coronavirus and everybody's getting Joe Biden money. And the largest chunk went to parks. He has uh, his two biggest initiatives are parks and giving uh, real estate, new construction people 15 years free of, um, Uh, property taxes, which primarily goes to wealthy white people. So I can't know what's in his mind and his heart, but his actions do seem to suggest that he, yes, does not care about the plight of vulnerable people. And one doesn't do enough to help homeless people. When there are women, senior citizens and veterans living under your bridges and you take away their only shelter by sweeping their camps, I would say, yes, sir, you don't do enough to help the homeless And yes, sir, you don't care about the plight of vulnerable people. But yes, that's just my opinion. 
So, yeah. Now, here are the facts. He wants to say almost two years ago, the homeless charity, now he's uh, maligning a charity, began violating the city's zoning violating it, like raping it right up the ass and other ordinances by establishing a campground. Now, let me tell you what a campground is. A campground is a place where you charge people to camp. In Ohio law, there is no state city law about campgrounds. It just goes to Ohio law. It states very clearly that if you do not charge, it is not a campground. Okay. Do you get it? We did not have a campground. But he's the guy running, so he's you know he owns everything. He runs everything, so he says we have a campground. It was not a campground because we did not charge for the homeless to live in tents on its property located on 15 Broad Street. If we're talking about facts, technically, I own the property. It was owned by me. I was the executive director of the homeless charity and I rented the land to the homeless charity. So, so if, if, if you start a sentence with now here are the facts, I I feel like maybe I should address the facts, which is it's property. It's not their property. They don't own that property. I own the property. (laughs) But whatever facts, (laughs) From the onset, from the onset, from the very beginning, that's from the very beginning, okay, day one, I and my staff made a collective decision to not take immediate enforcement action to give time to find a legal and proper path forward that would be beneficial to those living there. Okay. Uh, the reason he they decided not to take immediate enforcement is, A, he never makes a decision on his own. He always uh, has to get a blue ribbon panel. He can't make a single decision on his own. And uh, he needed to strategically come up with a way to shut this down without looking like a total fucking asshole. Because, you know, it's my land, private land up with private money on a very secluded area of which you cannot see from the main road. So, you know, the facts, if we're going to talk facts, there we go. As part of this process, I visited our largest homeless shelters, Haven of Rest, Battered Women's Shelter, and Access Inc. to get a true picture of the level of care this community provides on every visit. I came away very impressed, not only by the care, but also by the resources available through them and other continuum of care partners who have significant expertise and experience in assisting the homeless. Now, if you're going to put my name in your mouth, you're going to put the charity I was the executive director in your mouth, wouldn't it have at least gone to my charity and talk to me and then 
I mean, it would have made your 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 position here. You could have still said, "I went there, and that Sage Lewis is a piece of garbage shithole. That place was the most disgusting thing I ever saw." I mean, I think I saw fucking dead rats eating dead rats. I mean, that's how you make a fucking position argument, idiot, fucktard. God damn it. My wife would sit at the dinner table railing me, not really railing, about how if she could only be his marketing director. (laughs) She's like, I could destroy you in five minutes. I'm like, hey, well, glad you're... Not over there. (laughs) He goes everywhere except the place he's bashing. He never went there. Do you see what a bad argument that is? I mean, it's stupid. It's cowardly is what it is. He was too afraid to go. He was too afraid. (laughs) The fire chief came high up. Police officers came. The, uh, fire inspectors practically lived there. They're the ones that shut me down. Ultimately. Um, so yeah, part of the process, he visited everybody except the person he's bashing. (laughs) Ultimately, we as a city came to some important conclusions. First, there was capacity to house all the people at 15 Broad Street. All the people. The battered women's shelter was willing to donate a house immediately. Sage Lewis did not take them up on that offer. Second, living in tents is simply beneath human dignity and should not continue. We should never be comfortable with our neighbors living in conditions we would never accept for ourselves. Okay. There's a lot going on in that sentence. A lot. <sighs> okay. Let me get you. Let me get you. Let me get you the client list. Okay. So there were 46 people that resided that they agreed to house. Now I kept putting people in my camp. They wouldn't house them. They were like, uh, we're going to do these 46 people. Okay. I am looking at their names right now. Okay. I am looking at their names right now. 
The number of people housed, which is awesome, by the way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 31, 2. Okay. I believe it's 31 people housed. Now, there is another group of people called self, uh, self, it's not self-served. It's like um, self, what the hell is it, what they call it? Self, self-resolved. Maybe that was what it was called. Self-resolved. Self-resolved people, they classified as people that they lost track of. And of those, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight out of 46. Okay. Let me do the math here so I don't make sure I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want the facts. House, 32, self-resolved, eight. And then I believe not housed. Uh, they did not house them. They did not house them. There is, it's a no, they did not house them. One, two, three, four, four. Okay, let's see if I did it right. That's four. Four not housed. That's 12. 12 and 32 is 44. Shit. All right, I think let's give them, okay, four not, oh, oh, sorry, Craig, I forgot, five not housed, I'm sorry, five, five not, I didn't scroll up high enough, five not housed, eight, okay, that's 13, okay, let's just call it, because I must have counted wrong, okay, let's say there were 33 housed, that was the biggest group, amazing, by the way, Absolutely amazing. Eight self-resolved, which basically means they gave up on them. And five, not housed. Not housed. Okay? Interestingly, all men, Craig, Brian, Kenny, Andrew, and Jack. Hmm. Uh, okay. One sex offender. Uh, I don't know what this one guy, I don't know. They all, I think they all have one guy. I I don't know. I don't know why they didn't get housed. Craig didn't have documents. Uh, now of the self-resolved ones, a woman, man, man, woman, woman, man, 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 woman. Oh wait, she got housed. Sorry. One, two, three women. And I guess that would be five men. Okay. Men are harder to house. Typically. So. Then. 
Three months later, okay, three months later, that was in January of 2019. I looked again at the list. Okay, so let's say we had eight self-resolved, five not housed, and 33 housed. Now, I am incredibly impressed by those numbers. I'm like, that is amazing. There's two problems to this. The first problem is Dan Horgan's letter. There's capacity to house all these people. Now, let me show, let me read to you another letter. Um, this was an update on November 1st, 2018. Okay. This is an update from the continuum of care to the city. Okay. November 1st. They had been going at this since September 17th. Okay. September 17th. So what are we? September, October, November, you know, two and a half months. Okay. It says starting point. 46 residents need to be moved from tents into appropriate housing. Update. 21 people have moved out. Okay. So now that sounds good, right? But listen to how it goes. Two moved into AMHA, which is subsidized housing, section eight. That's what we call it. Two moved into Sage's house. <laughs> Eight moved into CSS housing community. That's amazing. One moved into OMCDC. I don't know. Okay. Seven. People on the original list were never present to interview and have not been seen at the location since the COC became involved. Now, and one self-resolved. Okay, okay. Self-resolved means they did not get housed. They basically just said, I'm fucking out of here. Seven other people disappeared. Now, they didn't disappear to me. They were still living in their tent, but they disappeared to the continuum of care. They didn't show up to the continuum of care stuff. Okay. Do you see how they position that they've solved 21 people? 21 people moved out. But what they really mean is of those 21, seven didn't show up to interviews and one just fucked off. Eight of 21. That's like over a third. Okay. Now. I sometimes wonder if these people have ever met homeless people. Of course, they're not going to show up to their meetings. They're riddled with anxiety and depression and trauma and schizophrenia and bipolar. And then they throw a shit ton of drugs on it to try and drown it out. Yeah, 
Meetings are a little overwhelming for these people who've been living in the fucking woods for years. Yeah. I'm not hating on these numbers. I'm loving these numbers. But the letter goes on. Point number three, update. 12 individuals have very good housing plans and seem to be following up on this. This group is optimistic for a November housing alternative. Update. This is point four. 13 individuals have good housing plans. However, in all capitals, they are either resistant to moving or obstructing our efforts to assist them. What the fuck does that mean? Obstructing their efforts to assist them. Like they're like sitting there at the meeting going, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. No, they're being homeless people, people that are filled with trauma, emotional wrecks, undiagnosed mental health issues, and they're terrified of you. You come in your fancy fucking outfits with your fancy fucking papers, and they are afraid of you, you idiots. God damn it. Okay. resistant or obstructing. Now you see, here's where it gets good. You see, they're starting to turn on, turn on their clients. They're obstructing or they're resisting. We, I mean, we're doing everything we can, except understanding our very people we're supposed to serve. We're doing everything. They're obstructing. Goes on. This group will be our challenge. It will be critical that Sage follows through with his promise to unfortunately exit individuals who are refusing to follow through with appropriate housing options after giving individuals sufficient and appropriate support and education. Sufficient and appropriate. By whose guidance? So now... The homeless people are being resistant and obstructing, and it's on me to throw these people out. It's the only way this is going to get done. Five, the continuum of care has discussed the need to increase pressure and be more assertive with our engagement strategies because homelessness isn't enough pressure. We, the problem is not enough pressure. Things need to happen to make this reality. Now, they have just thrown the homeless under the bus. They've laid it on me, and now they lay into their own service providers. Home again, need, this is through United Way, by the way, needs to produce results. That's what they said. They need to produce results more assertive in engaging and obtaining apartments and landlords who are willing to work with the COC and think outside the box. Okay. Have you ever tried to go to a landlord and said, hey, you know what I need? 
I need you to give me some landlord space for some junky psychopath homeless people to put in your apartment. And we'll give you the first month's rent for it. Now, it's a a supply side market over here. It's all about supply. We got plenty, plenty of uh, apartments in Akron. Too many, like not enough. I mean, plenty. Like you have, it's so great to to rent. Be a, be a landlord in Akron. You can just keep raising the price. You got countless people that will uh, rent from you. You got a guy with a job who is capable of paying his own rent, or you got a homeless person who has no solid income. Who the hell are you going to rent to? Well, it's home again's fault, according to this letter from the Continuum of Care sent to the city on November 1st, 2018. They need to be more assertive, home again does, in engaging and obtaining apartments and landlords are willing worth the COC and think outside the box. The box of, like, I need to get my fucking ass paid box. <laughs> but wait, they're not the only uh, evildoers in this picture. Blackbird Project needs to obtain housing units. They need to. I believe they will have three units but by next week, but we still need the other three or four units. They need to obtain housing. They do. They got to obtain it. Now, do you recall me reading this letter from the uh from the from the from the mayor this 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 it says ultimately we as a city came to some important conclusions first there is capacity to house all of the people at 15 broad street That's what the mayor, now, you see, that's what the mayor said in public. Now, if there was capacity, why does the continuum of care feel the need to throw Home Again and Blackbird Project under the bus for getting more capacity? One of these things is not right. Either there is capacity and... Home Again and Blackbird just won't give it to us. Or there's not capacity. There is not capacity because Home Again needs to be more assertive. And Blackbird just needs to fucking find more housing units. (laughs) And may I say, (laughs) the funny thing about this is Home Again and Blackbird were the people that took the hardest cases, particularly Blackbird. And I said that to the guy and he and the ran it and he was one of my greatest detractors. He hated me, hated me.
we would go to these weekly meetings that put on by the continuum of care where they were housing these people. And I was so thankful for it. It was a wonderful. And these service providers did an amazing job because it is hard to house homeless people and there is not enough capacity. A, not enough capacity. B, homeless people are challenging to house. Those two things are truth. <laughs> Blackbird housed some of the most difficult people. And every week they would get slammed by the continuum of care. Every week in these meetings, you're not doing enough. You're not moving fast enough. I like literally felt bad for them. And the guy hated me, but I'm like, they are fucking you right up the ass, man. You're doing the heavy lifting and all they're doing is bitching at you. It goes on. Continuing care joint meeting to ramp up pressure, ramp up pressure, not on homeless people this time, on all housing organizations to find alternatives for the final hard to place individuals. Oh, there are hard to place individuals. So, oh, like with people with criminal backgrounds, <gasps> did you know, it says it right here, criminal background slash drug or alcohol dependency, et cetera. Oh, 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 I did not know that homeless people had criminal backgrounds and were dependent on drugs and alcohol. Oh, I think the mayor didn't realize that when he said that we have capacity to house all the people at 15 Broad Street. He, he probably didn't know that homeless people had criminal backgrounds and drug and alcohol dependencies. If he had known that, he might not have uh, you know, made that statement. <laughs> Here we go. In back to the letter. Realistically, the continuum of care will be close. Underline. Close, they underlined it to the goal of all 46 residents being moved prior to the Thanksgiving. Now, prior to Thanksgiving, yeah, that's where uh, the deadline was Thanksgiving. <laughs> the mayor, that was his point three, that uh, the, the fictional narrative that we'll soon put that we will soon put people out on the street right at Thanksgiving. That's when the deadline was. And then you can see it here in this letter being prior to moving to Thanksgiving. I mean, literally, this, they're, they're referencing Thanksgiving is when everything needs to be gone. The final hurdle will not be housing. No, 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 no. As long as fucking Blackbird and <laughs> United Way of uh, um, uh, the United Way get their fucking act together. It will not be housing. It will be the motivation of each current resident to move. So it's not even the, 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 the true uh, problem isn't like you would think the other no good continual care members. It's the homeless themselves. We anticipate as many as five to 10 stragglers. 
Let's just call them what they are, stragglers. Not people, not homeless people. They, the word they used was stragglers. Who do not feel the need, capitalize need, to move at this moment in time. There are a few residents who have a continuing desire to be a part of a movement to fight for the right to live in a tent permanently. Permanently. These people see the tents as a long-term and viable option and have been difficult to motivate beyond their current situation. See, it's not the kind-hearted people at the continuum of care, which is what Dan Hargan calls them. Did he, did he get, did, he, did I get that part? Did I get to that part where I, he says uh, they're kind-hearted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind-hearted. He does say it in here. He calls them kind-hearted. It's not the kind-hearted people with all the resources at the continuum of care. It's the five to 10 stragglers that aren't motivated. It's just that they don't have enough pressure. It's not, they don't have enough pressure. Homelessness living in a tent in November is not enough pressure. They, the problem is not enough pressure. So there's nothing the continuum of care can do. I mean, it's these stragglers that are the problem. The city and Sage must work together. See how she's like backing out? And Terry Eggman wrote this letter. The city and Sage, now she's like, it's actually, actually, you know whose fault it is? It's the city and Sage. It's really, it's out of our hands now. I mean, come on. City and Sage must work together with a common message of the tents not being an ongoing option to ramp up the residents' motivation to cooperate and follow through with their plans. Until the message is received consistently, the final individuals will continue to believe that they do not need to work on their advancement. Everybody knew that they were, we were shutting down. The reason we were shutting down was because this was owned on my property owned by me. And I was afraid that the city was going to bankrupt me and my family. So I had to shut it down. I had to shut it down. And everybody that lived there knew I had to shut it down. Now, let me talk about Andrew who did not get housed, who was a straggler and Obviously, uh, wasn't motivated enough. When we shut down the camp, I helped Andrew move into the woods. Where he has lived in various places since that time. That was January 2019. It is June 2021. Okay, so two and a half years. He's never been housed. He is now back on property owned by my new charity, The Houseless Movement. That's what you hear. This is what this is all about. This radio show is The Houseless Movement. He told me a week or two ago that he wants to stop feeling like an animal. He wants to have human things like access to running water like electricity, 
like heat. He does not want to live like an animal, is what he said to me. Kenny Bolt never got housed. He moves around. I see him all the time. Sometimes he's housed, sometimes he's not. Brian Scudron's doing great. I don't know about Craig Bennett. Jack Bonnet. Uh, I don't know where Jack is, but I know that um, <sighs> he was continually beaten and abused. He was um, sodomized. They stuck a pole up his ass at a um, drug house. Jack Bonnet once showed up in hospital garb um, at our place. They put him on a bus, literally in his hospital gown and hospital footies. They didn't even give him his clothes. They put him on a bus. The hospital did. And he came to our place that was closed because the city closed it. Everyone literally and metaphorically has fucked Jack Bonnet up the ass. He was a straggler. He was not motivated. And this is why I don't stop fighting. Because the narrative is that the powers to be are doing everything they can. It's just Jack's not motivated. Andrew's not motivated. I probably wouldn't be so angry if they would just admit the truth that housing homeless people is hard. It's not simply that they're just missing a house. Homelessness is a caused is caused by a wide collection of circumstances and conditions. People don't want to be homeless. Can if you've never been homeless, can you imagine how you would feel? Amy, who uh, was one of the self, um, what's that word? Self, self-resolved. One of the self-resolved people. It's an S by her name. She was never housed. She and her husband um, were evicted. They moved to a hotel, Red Roof Inn. And when they ran out of money, they moved into the woods. 
by the hotel down by Arlington. You know, where if you're from Akron, like the, the Walmart down there, you know, there's a red roof in. They moved behind Walmart on uh, Arlington. She had never been homeless before. They were business owners. Thing after thing after thing happened. And she found herself petrified in the woods with nothing. Their first night they spent in the woods was covered by a tarp that another homeless person had left that lived in those woods. Then her husband, Trey, got picked up on a warrant in the woods. And I forget what it was. It's was like probably a drug thing. He's not a violent criminal. He has serious mental health issues. Sorry, sorry. As he was getting into the car, he said to Amy, make your way to Tent City. Which is about two, three miles from there. So imagine a woman who was a middle class woman. Alone in the woods. Not a camper. Never been homeless before. All alone. With one message. Make your way to Tent City. And she did. And a few days later, when Trey got out of jail, he found his wife taken care of with a tent, supplies, loved, cared for, and safe. And he didn't know what would happen to her because he couldn't contact her. Soon as he got out of jail, he came to Tent City and found his wife. That is the backdrop. While all this noise from the mayor and Terry Heckman of the Continuum of Care about how the problem is there's just not enough pressure. There's plenty of housing. There's plenty of services. They're just not pressured enough. And it is that motivation on their part that drives me every single day. Because it is nothing but inhumane, unimaginable cruelty. Arrogant, holier than thou cruelty. It is extermination. It is passive extermination. Because eventually, if you turn up the pressure enough, if you continually to remove, sweep their camps, steal their belongings, steal their shelters, steal their food, and make it 
absolutely impossible to live, they will die. They will die. That is my motivation. So I got a new letter, a new letter, June 10th, 2021. To whom it may concern, this is sent to from the Office of Integrated Development, James J. Hardy, Deputy Mayor. Uh, to whom it may concern, oh, re, tents at 85 Kent Place, Akron, SR number 1125996. I don't know what that is. I don't know what an SR number is. I don't know. Parcel number? I don't know what that is. To whom it may concern, please be advised that our office has received complaints on May 14, 2021 and May 17, 2021. It was actually a guy who hates me on Facebook. Uh, he said he uh, complained to him regarding several tents. It's technically two. Two tents. Uh, but, you know, facts. In the rear yard of 85 Kent Place, this is the house that the houseless movement owns, a May 18th, 2021 inspection confirmed the presence of such tents. Oh, my God. No, not tents. Oh, no. (laughs) Not the tents. Anything but tents. (sighs) Tents are not illegal, by the way. There's nothing. You cannot find a single ordinance that says you can't have tents on your land. And it's not a campground because if you look at the or the, the laws at the state level, the city does not have campground laws. Campgrounds laws to specifically state that you charge campgrounds charge. If you do not charge, you do not re- meet the requirements of a campground. Jesus. The property at 85 Kent Place is conditionally zoned. The ordinance number nine is the dash 2019 to allow up to six unrelated individuals to reside within the dwelling. Did you know that you you have to get a conditional use if you want six people to live in your house? Did you know that? Can you imagine all of the uh, uh, housing for the University of Akron that don't have those conditional uses? A dwelling as defined by chapter 153 of the city of Akron code of ordinance, the zoning code is in quotes is a building arranged intended or designed to contain one or two dwelling units. See a dwelling unit could be like a room, a dwelling unit. Oh, I'm sorry. It says what it is. A dwelling unit is a single residential unit providing complete independent living facilities for one family. What the fuck is a family, including permanent provisions for living, sleeping, eating, cooking, and sanitation, and which has enclosed access, enclosed access, I didn't know that, between all sleeping rooms and the living, eating, cooking, and sanitation facilities. See, that's pretty interesting. Enclosed access. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Put a little thing in there. Closed access. Therefore... Therefore, you can see the tents on the property do not meet the definition of a dwelling unit and are not, nor are they part of the dwelling on the property. Mm-hmm. 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 I wonder which parts does not meet. I think it might be the enclosed thing. What if I enclose them? 
Providing complete independent living facilities for one family. Uh, hmm. I really have to think. I love fucking with the law like that. Like there is like, oh, okay. Uh, literally, you don't need a um, Michael Antonucci, the zoning manager. You just need Google to pull this shit up. He, I mean, he's, he does nothing except copy out law on a piece of paper. Please immediately remove all tents and bring the property into compliance with the zoning code. Failure to comply with the zoning code. It's a capitalized zoning code like it's like the fucking Bible. Will result in an order to comply. An order to comply. And possibly administrative penalties. Order to comply and administrative penalties are capitalized. Furthermore, non-compliance with the zoning code could result in the revocation of the conditional use permit for the property. If you have any questions, you can call him. Got no questions, Mike. I got no questions. I got one question for you. No, no, no I don't even have a question for you. We're good. Uh, very clear your position. I don't think, you know, I'll be interested to see in uh, the order to comply. That sounds fun. And the administrative penalties also sound fun. Excited to see what comes. It's always interesting to know because we've never gotten that far. Uh, in my last tent city, of which I have now two tents. I have two tents. Two, two, one, two. And I will only have two. Two is enough. Making my point, obviously. <laughs> I don't need 50 because this is as much an activist motion as it is uh, sheltering people. I also like just sheltering a couple people because homeless people, uh, they're complicated. They're complicated. I got my hands full with Andrew, who was never housed. I got my, I love you, Andrew. And Rob, who was never even allowed on our tent village before because he's, you know, Rob. And I love you too, Rob. I do. But you're a handful too. <laughs> I will remove the tents when no acronite needs a tent anymore. And that will be a lovely day. All acronites find emergency shelter whenever they need it, wherever they need it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I'm ready for the battle, Mike Antonucci. I'm ready. Bring your order to comply. Bring your administrative penalties, and we shall do battle with these letters. Or whatever. I don't care how you want to do battle. Tear down my tents. I know where they sell them. I got more tents. I'm ready, Mikey. Let's go, bro. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.